I'm Nana Fontelberg for Biz News. The Portugal Golden Visa has for a long time been a popular option for non-EU citizens, including a number of South Africans seeking residency in another country. It was introduced in 2012 by the Portuguese government to attract foreign investment to the country. But concerns about rising house prices in the country, the rules of the golden visa for Portugal has changed because of that. And we have Andrew Rissick from Sable International to explain what the options are now. Hi, Andy. Welcome again to Best News. Hi, Linda. Thanks Thanks very much. Yeah, my debut for 2024. Very nice to be on the show. Um, yes, Portugal. So we've had a pretty tumultuous year. As you probably know, it was in... I think it was the 16th of February last year when the Portuguese government came out with their very, very big announcement that they were going to be putting an end to the golden visa. And this was obviously just to give a bit of context to the listeners. Um, it was, it, as you say, around rising house prices, I think politically used as a, as a, a scapegoat as to why they've got a housing shortage. Um, the interesting thing about the golden visa is it's it's stimulated the, the the real estate sector for sure. But remember, most people who do the golden visa don't end up moving to Portugal. So, I think it's actually been quite good at creating good housing stock. But nonetheless, it's changed, and um, we went through a, a very difficult year last year, where obviously real estate developers were trying to sell all their stuff out as quickly as possible, um, and then. Towards the end of the year, clarity started to sort of come through. And so the, the golden visa in this sort of latest iteration, at least it's still going, which is a positive because there was at one stage a real concern that the golden visa entirely was going to get closed out. So as an option, it's still available as a plan B and a second residency option. Um, so that's the really good news. And I think the, the the key change is that one can no longer invest in real estate anywhere in Portugal or any of the islands. And it's by way of um, investment into a private equity fund. And what the government are trying to do, and it's in line with their original strategy of attracting foreign investment, initially the golden visa was to stimulate the real estate market off the back of the, the 2012 and the 2008 crash, the 2012 bailout. Um, and that's been really successful. But now what they're looking to do is to bring investment into Portuguese businesses through private equity funds. So is that the options that are available now? Yeah. And the other fundamental change is that the minimum investment amount now is 500,000 euros, which is when they first launched the program back in 2012, 500,000 was the minimum. And then over the period, they started bringing in sort of cheaper hurdles where they were trying to stimulate investment into outlying areas and areas of regeneration. So the market got kind of used to a 280,000 entry level, but we're now back at 500 into private equity. So um, the, 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 the challenge now with the, with the private equity funds is you're not buying bricks and mortar that you can go and have a look at an apartment and buy it. So you're now investing into a fund, so it introduces a whole lot of different risk. And um, investors need to be extremely cautious at this stage because private equity as a concept was never very popular in Portugal before the golden visa. So one must always understand that these private equity funds are being created specifically for golden visa investors. And like always, and I think we always talk about it in our interviews with you, is there are always going to be players who are going to be taking advantage of, of the situation 
and creating investments that I don't think are necessarily that good. So I've spent the last three months um, doing due diligence on various funds and we've got two or three good options ready for marketing. Oh, well, that's what I wanted to ask you because you're digging in deeper in Portugal despite these changes. You've got now got a, a new office there. So what would you say to a South African that is still considering um, um, Portugal for a golden visa not linked to property? Yes, I think um, my, my messages w- would be sort of quite diverse. Um, the golden visa is a super plan B, residency, and residency that takes you to citizenship, and that's proven. We've got several clients now who, through the Golden Visa process, have got their Portuguese nationality and are actually now carrying Portuguese passports. So that was always a concern in the old days. Everyone was, you know, is this real? What well, it is real. Um, so the Golden Visa still, you know, in, in that respect, it's the only residency program that leads to Portuguese or European citizenship without relocating. So in that respect, it's still a great a, a great solution. Um, it never takes five years. It, I, I would always say to people, realistically, allow for about eight years from investment to the point when you're going to get your citizenship. But um, the reason we've set up an office, and it was a it, it was a, a very exciting move. We we've got an office now in Monte Estoril, which is just outside Lisbon, next to a little town called Cascais, which most South Africans will know. Um, is the South African community in Portugal is growing because through all sorts of different avenues, South Africans have found themselves there. And what we're seeing now is a lot of South Africans retiring to Portugal where they may have children and ultimately grandchildren who are living in the UK or somewhere else in Europe. And um, it makes sense for them to be close by. But Portugal offers a good lifestyle, security, and, and actually a very attractive cost of living by European standards. You talked about the risk, because VC, there's always risk. Would people be reluctant to think of Portugal now and maybe consider Spain, rather? Look, um, the Spanish Golden Visa, we've always looked at it. Uh, and, and you know, Spain Spain is a destination that people have traveled to much more than Portugal. Um, but the Golden Visa in Spain is, it's, it's the likelihood of it ever leading to Spanish citizenship is is very low. So we know that our clients ultimately want a second passport. And um, so I think Portugal beats it in that respect. The other, the other thing with um, Spain is that if you want to become Spanish, one would have to spend at least 10 years living there permanently. So that's, that's a big drawback. you know. So unless you want to go and retire or you've got some sort of business opportunity to go and physically live in Spain, it's not really going to be that popular. There are other options. Um, Greece at the moment, we're seeing a lot of demand for Greece. It's coming at a lower price point. Um, and, and through an investment into real estate, one would get permanent residency. But the fundamental difference is it never leads to citizenship. And the other thing with, with the Greek golden visa is you can't actually work in Greece. Whereas if you've got a Portuguese golden visa and your kids are on it, um, you know, and, 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 they, and they become independent, then they can actually go and live and work in Portugal. So the actual main applicant golden visa holder can actually work immediately once they get their golden visa. So that's also a positive if somebody relocated. So based on your observations, are South Africans still actively seeking alternative residency options in significant um, volumes? I think um, I think they are. We, we actually had an interesting meeting yesterday. We had a big expo towards the end of last year. And 
we were comparing the numbers to the year before and in terms of registrations, attendance, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know if you remember the year before, we were quite close to the riots in Durban. Mm. Um, we saw a big drop-off in Durban. Um, the rest of the country, we were slightly quieter towards the end of last year. And we think it was because we'd won the World Cup. There was kind of this euphoric feeling in South mm. Africa that there was no load shedding, if you remember, right throughout the Rugby World mm -hmm. Cam Cup campaign. So... Um, South Africans, we're interesting creatures. We, you know, we forget we forget um, things very quickly. Because I, th I, I think we're generally very positive and resilient people. But what we're seeing now is we're starting to see um, inquiries ticking up again. Um, but Linda, we, you know, we we we've got a very um, sort of strong stance on on this whole thing of do we leave South Africa? Um, if if you don't have a lot of wealth and you and and you're not young and skilled, we generally advise people to think twice before leaving. Um, it's very very expensive to leave South Africa and go and set up in a first world country, so there are other things that we can do to mitigate risk. But for people who are either quite wealthy or young, we are seeing um, we're seeing quite a constant demand. And um, funny enough, the UK is very popular. I mean, it's really become quite mm -hmm. popular again. There was there was a period post Brexit where I think everyone was a little bit skittish, um, but it's English speaking. I think it's so culturally similar to South Africa, so we're still seeing a, a, a big demand for UK. Do you think are there still opportunities in the UK and a lot of jobs available? I think relative to South Africa, you know, it was quite interesting. We I was chatting to our dir managing director of Sable Wealth the other day and. He said a client had asked him, "How much? What percentage of my wealth should I have in South Africa, and what percentage should I have offshore?" And he said, "Well, 0.8 percent of the global market sits in South Africa, so you should have 0.8 percent of your wealth in South Africa." Whereas I've heard other people saying, "If you spend half your time outside, maybe you should have half your wealth in and half out." There's no answer, but I think if you look at things relatively, and going back to your question about the UK. The unemployment in the UK is much lower than here. Um, the UK is definitely, I think the whole world economy is quite tough at the moment. But what we're seeing in all of our offices around the world, it's very difficult finding good skilled people. So I think if you if you educate and you're skilled, I think you're pretty employable. Even in South Africa, unemployment among skilled people is very low. So with your with regard to Portugal, your, what is your message? Your message is it's still available. It's not linked to property anymore, but there's still plenty of opportunities. Absolutely. I think for, for, a, for a plan B and, and if you have no intention of relocating currently and you're looking at setting up a plan B for your family, I think Portugal still is top of the pops in terms of what it's going to give you ultimately with citizenship because that once you've got that foreign passport, you know, that's when you can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, and then, as I mentioned, for lifestyle, retirement, remote working, it's a, it's a very compelling destination and very close to the rest of Europe. I mean, if, you, if you're flying from Lisbon to London, it's a two-and-a-half-hour flight. So it's very similar um, living in Portugal um, to living in Cape Town, commuting up to Joburg. You can fly up to Amsterdam. You can fly to London for the day. Um, it's, it, it really is it's very interesting. Yeah, and unlike the Brits who now is basically stuck in the, in the UK and do not have the EU access anymore, that you would have access to the whole continent. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Portugal's part of Schengen. So when you have the Portuguese residence card, whether it's a, under the retirement visa or a golden visa, that card then gives you free access to travel in and out of any Schengen state for leisure or business. So that is a, a definite bonus. Okay, can, we, can we just go back to the retirement option? Yeah. So in terms of retirement, um, and the retirement visa is classified as what they call a D7 in Portugal, which is actually technically a passive income visa. So one doesn't technically need to be retired. If you're a younger person who's still working, as long as you can demonstrate that you've got a passive income of more than about a thousand euros a month, which actually is not a huge amount of money, mm. you can then apply for this D7 visa. But the fundamental difference between that and the golden visa is that if you get granted the D7, you're actually relocating to Portugal. You need to spend a minimum mm. of eight months a year in Portugal, um, but and you have to become tax resident. So that suddenly now becomes a totally different conversation. Because if you're South African, as you know, um, when you leave South Africa as a tax jurisdiction, there's an exit tax that's payable. So lots of tax planning and investment planning are required before you make the move. But we've got all the, the, the skills in-house. We've got tax advisors who can understand um, one's portfolio, one strategy. So we'll sit down and have a consultation with the client and see if what they're trying to achieve. If this retirement visa or passive income visa looks attractive, then we'll we'll sort of advise them all the all the things they need to be thinking about in order to plan. But you know, um, I've actually moved to Portugal. I spend seven months a year in Portugal, and I spend the rest between the UK and SA. And it took me probably two to three years to get my planning in place before we actually made the move. So lots to do and lots to plan. But um, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a fantastic option and and. It's really good for children because it's it's a safe, secure country. And as I said, it gives them access as well into the EU in future. So for study purposes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So did, did you find that South Africans generally don't ask you about Portugal anymore because they know that this visa, the other program has lapsed? People are still coming to us because a lot of people do know that the gold visa is still available. It's just huh. the investment, qualifying investment that's changed. But I think in my anecdotal experience, a lot of people have sort of said to me, oh, Portugal's closed their program mm. and they haven't mm. in closed it. It's just changed fundamentally, but it's still very worth looking at. And uh, we, we're, we're still seeing people entering the program. So, you know, before you, you take gospel at a dinner party, please do get hold of a specialist. And you, yeah, you guys know how to guide them through because VC and all that is a bit more tricky. Yeah, yeah. Look, investing in a private equity fund is a totally different discussion to investing in a in, a, in an apartment in a nice resort in Algarve. Um, one needs to be a sophisticated investor. You need to understand that you're investing in a collective investment scheme, and you know any investment there's risk. Uh, but I think that uh, you know we've done some homework, and there's some nice there's some nice options for investment. And there's some that are probably a little bit more risky. Um, and then we've got some very conservative investments as well. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy to share that if anyone's interested. Well, talking about getting in touch, you've got a roadshow to tell people more about all these programs. Yeah, Linda, what we're doing in, in Cape Town on the 21st and 22nd of February, we'll be 
meeting clients on a sort of one-to-one basis to actually run through all the different investment options that we have on offer. And then we'll be up in Johannesburg on the 27th, 28th of Feb, and then we'll be in Durban on the 29th. So it's it's not a big roadshow. It's just much more, um, it, it, it's a little bit more sort of personalized where we'll be sitting with investors on a one-to-one basis and actually going through all the investment options. So thank people you. are very welcome to come and meet us. Andrew Resek from Sable International. Thanks so much. Thank you, Linda.